You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. What's up, everybody? Welcome Hola, back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, where we talk about the gray areas of the Christian faith. For the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about TikToks and deconstruction and how not to deconstruct your faith and what is the deconstruction movement and just replying to some TikToks. Uh, we're going to keep doing that this week. we got a few we want to look into. It's been a good week. Um, you guys have been really supportive recently on the channel, so thank you. Big thank you to you guys. Um, our Bethel podcast episode hit over 500 views, which is pretty cool. Great. Thank you for that. Yep. I don't think it's our biggest one, but it's one of our biggest ones. I so think it, it might be one of them. It's up there. Yeah. Pretty cool. We're pretty excited about that. TikTok's always growing. Instagram always is growing. It's mm. pretty cool to have those conversations with everybody. Yeah. It's hard to be active on it. Just like it's hard to have like several different jobs and then also like have a podcast and stuff like that. And like I go to school and you work outside of YOM. Yeah. Like with the things you already do, it's hard to like manage like, so- several different social medias too. But yeah, it ain't easy. Yeah, we do the best we can. You know, we wish we could do more, but so we can do. One day. One day we'll be full time podcasters. One day. This episode's brought to you by uh, Ray Conier, I gotta mute that cough. <laughs> by uh, Ice Coffee. Homemade iced coffee. I grew and roasted the beans myself. That's not true. Mm-mm, not true. Well, we're excited about today's episode. We're going to be going over a few different, uh, like we said last week, more analytical um, talks that we found. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to do another one after this. We'll see what happens. Um, but we're really excited about today's episode. We've really been liking um, these last few episodes that we've done. Um, it's kind of interesting to get into really complex uh, and sort of nuanced topics um, and get into like more than one an episode, right? Because usually we just do a topical episode. We cover one topic the whole time. But these last few episodes, we've been doing a few different ones and responding to these videos. So it's been really good. I've really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I really honestly love searching for the, the content, too, because you come across some really interesting creators um, that have some really interesting things to say about the Bible. Um, people that don't believe, people that do believe, uh, people that are skeptics and searching. Um, it's really, really interesting. Um, it's also fun having those conversations with some of those people, too, on TikTok. So I've really enjoyed it, and I'm excited for the videos today. Yeah, me too. So, should we get into it then? Let's hop in. This first one is a pretty good one, so here we go. The Wi-Fi ever loads. Hello, heathens. Welcome to today's episode of Facts That Are Gonna Make Some People Mad, Old Testament Edition. Now, if you're a biblical literalist, this video isn't for you. But for those who care about modern scholarship, let's continue. As always, I will cite my sources in the comments for those of you that want to do more research. Let's go. Most modern scholars believe Moses never existed. They understand him to be primarily a literary product. Recent archaeological discoveries have shown us that the pyramids were in fact not built by Hebrew slaves. They were built by Egyptians who were both compensated and taken care of. Even though the Egyptians were meticulous record keepers, we have no record from the Egyptians of the Exodus ever occurring. Not one single peep. Archaeologists have not found one single shard of pottery in the Sinai Desert that would indicate that the Israelites wandered for 40 years. Fun fact, the Sinai Desert is also about 10,000 miles smaller than the state of Maine. We also have continuous historical records from China, Egypt, and Mesopotamia during the time of the flood. Very interesting. Yeah, a lot, lot of there. Yeah, there. a ton of claims made immediately, uh-huh. which are super interesting. We can get into those. 
Yeah. I meant to write them all out. I meant to write, like, I wanted to listen to them. Uh-oh. I wanted to listen to all of them and write them out, which I, I wasn't able to do. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Right off the bat, the first thing that Darren and I talked about when we saw this was, like, we were like, um, you know, the the Bible never says that the Hebrews built the pyramids either. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, if you read the comments too, it's one of the first things they talk about. And she even admits, like, yeah, like it's not in the Bible, but like it's something that is prescribed to the Christianity a lot. Or because like, of Prince about. of Egypt, it's that one movie, right? You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Um, right. Really yeah. interesting. Um, but yeah, obviously, kind of an like a dumb kind of thing to throw in there, like to just state that it's like because the video is about the Old Testament, right? And then uh-huh. that claim has something to do with the Old Testament. Um, it's a very interesting video. Uh, the first thing that I would like to say, like about it off the bat, is that in the beginning she says she'll cite her sources. She doesn't do that. Um, you have to search like really, really far down in the comments because she doesn't pin them, um, and she puts her sources in there, and you can tell. Like the the first thing in the comments are people like destroying her for like the sources that she uses because uh. she cites three or four different sources, and every single one of them are like super biased and like very non-credible sources um i didn't recognize any of the names just because i'm not like that much of a history nerd yeah um and i haven't looked into enough but like i watched videos on like different sources and everybody was saying like these people have made tons of mistakes are super biased um and just like aren't great at like their jobs in general some of them have some some good academic papers um but yeah she was getting roasted pretty hardcore for like the sources that she, she cited in the in the comments for all the information that she stated. So um, that's always the first thing you got to go to with people like making claims. Like who cares what claim they're making? Let's see what the sources are. Cause she's just yeah. some person, right? She's not like, she didn't find this information herself. She found some professionals, right? Probably professionals um, that have figured this stuff out for themselves. And then they made a paper on it. And she's just like telling you what they said, which is also what we do. So, right. <laughs> um, right. So check our sources too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Usually the Bible. Um, <laughs> so yeah, 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 so obviously the first thing you should always check are those sources, check them out. They're not great. Some of them are okay. And some of them are mediocre and some of them are really bad. Right. Uh-huh. That's the first thing that you can recognize. Um, I think there's something that was really funny that she said at the beginning that was that this video isn't for biblical literalists. But I feel like that's the exact audience that this video is for, right? Like, why would you make this video for someone who already knows all this information? Like, you would be making this video for someone who doesn't know this information um, or doesn't agree with this information, i.e. a biblical literalist. Unless she means a biblical literalist as in someone who thinks everything in the Bible is literal, which I don't know many people who Everything in the Bible is literal. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know many people who believe that. Like I don't leg- think anyone actually does. Legitimately. Yeah. No, definitely there are some people who... who but you just take them the Songs of Solomon, and there's no way around it. They're backed into a corner. They have to admit it's not literal. Okay. I'm uh, just saying, if you, that's what I'm saying, if you take it to them, yeah, yeah, yeah. they won't be. So, unless that's what she means, but that doesn't make sense a lot with, like, what she's trying to say. Right. I just think she kind of spoke uh, and didn't really mean what she said, in, in that sense. It's interesting. Yeah. Like, yep. um... What's that? No, keep going. I was going to say... Or is that, are you, can you, you can go over to the notes. If you have something to say, you can go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, like, the reason that this video and videos like it get traction is because she's making controversial claims in confidence as fact, and people just flock to it and think they're right. Mm-hmm. You know, so like Derry's saying, you got to always check the sources, go back to what they're actually saying, and see about it, because it's probably, like, you don't have to look far to realize it's false. Yeah. At least for this one. Right. 
Absolutely. And this one's pretty convincing, too. Like, she has so much information. It's, like, kind of a barrage of, like, there's this thing, and then there's this thing, and there's this thing, and it's so much all at once, right? About the Old Testament. It's hard to, like, fact-check everything. You're kind of just like, wow, if all of this is true, then, like, I have a lot of serious problems, right? Right, right. Um, and the facts are that, like, a lot of it is um, information that's presented on the very negative side of like what the scholars actually say about it, right? So for example, at the very beginning, or like the first kind of like claims that she makes is that most scholars have a consensus and that they believe that Moses is a, um, a fictional literary figure and not a real person that existed, right? Yeah. Completely false. Like there, there is not a consensus among scholars that um, that Moses is a person that is fake. Right now, there is a small number of scholars, or I would even say like a medium number of scholars that don't know if the person of Moses throughout the Bible is the same person throughout. Right. And this is mostly because of the controversy around who wrote a lot of the Torah, because a lot of people have originally thought that Moses wrote most of it when they're. Moses there, did write most of it. There is a consensus. <laughs> like, there is a consensus among modern-day scholars that Moses absolutely did not write the Torah. He wrote maybe some of it at most, and that's a consensus among almost all scholars. There's a few that don't believe that, but if you actually look into the scholarship and, like, the work done within the last, like, 20 years on the topic, it's almost a consensus that he didn't write it. He wrote... Well, there's a lot of scholars that believe he did write it. Definitely. There are definitely some, but... No, a lot. When I say consensus, it's like... If there's 100 scholars, five of them believe that he wrote it. 95, which is the statistical, like, significance, means that, or they all believe that he didn't write it, or didn't write the whole thing. I've, well, not the, yeah, not the whole thing. Of course. He couldn't have. But for a vast majority of it, it's likely that he did. Or for that's, a good that's amount That's not of true. It. Well, then the, what you, the research I've done it shows that it is true. Okay. We can have, we can have a whole conversation another. We should, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. we should have an episode on the authorship of... Of, a, of the Torah. Yeah. From all of the scholars I've looked at, in, in totality, in the community, they all have agreed, from what I've seen, that Moses did not write most of the Old Testament. And that's why I think she's conflating with the person of Moses. Um, most of the scholars I've looked into say that Moses absolutely was a real person. How much of the character of Moses in the Bible is what's up for dispute, right? So she says that most likely Moses was a literary um, a, fictional, a fictional literary figure, right? So that he didn't actually exist. He's just a fictional character within the story of the Torah. Um, whereas, like, the actual consensus is that he probably was a real person. Whether or not he was, like, the Moses claimed in the Bible the whole way through his story in the Bible is what's up for debate. Because it happened such a long time ago, it's so hard to know if, like, what the scriptures actually claim is true, just because of the lack of evidence. Like, we don't have a lot of evidence from five, four or 5,000 years ago, right? And so, from most scholars I've looked into, um, and when I'm looking into this, I'm not looking at individuals. I'm looking to see, like, what the community said, because her claim is about the community of work on this topic. Um, what I found, for the most part, was that most, more than half, scholars believe that um, he was a real person, but there is a lot of debate among biblical scholars how much of um, his work was actually included in him writing the Old Testament, but they think he was definitely in the Old Testament, and his character was definitely real. So her claim is definitely false. 
from the scholarship that we have. Right. From what we can know about something that happened 5,000 years ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then she claims that, like, there's no evidence of the Hebrews being in Sinai in that area, and it's 11,000 times smaller than the state of Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. There isn't. But there's also no evidence of any of the other people groups who lived that long ago in that area either. Mm. Like, there, it's... There's, I would, you, I'll, I'm gonna, right now, cite, um, you can click on the, watch our video and then go back and watch it. But right now, there's gonna be a little, uh, tag coming up for a link where you can find all this information. There's this guy on Capturing Christianity who's an mm-hmm. Egyptologist, and he is. My favorite podcast. Yeah, so good. We love it. Um, and he's talking about it. And he said that the Israelites, and the Israelites weren't Israelites until they left Egypt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're just this people group, this this family basically yeah. living in the city of Arvis, group, yeah. which is around Goshen. And in the Bible, it says that they settled in Goshen and in the Goshen, there's the city named Arvis or around it close to it. That's where they were. Um, he, this, this Egyptologist was saying that it was occupied by Asiatic Semitic people, the Hebrews, the Israelites mm-hmm. until Ra- the Ramesses period. And that's when people, that, there's speculation about if Ramesses is the one who actually persecuted, if that's the Pharaoh, you know, like Prince of Egypt, he's like Ramesses, this Ramesses, mm-hmm. this, but it's like up until that period, there was this presence of this people group in this city mm-hmm. that the Bible says where the Israelites were. Mm-hmm. And then around like nine, the 19th year of the dynasty, the Ramesses dynasty, I think it is, or one of those dynasties, it, everyone just vanished. Mm-hmm. Like, and their records show that like everyone just left this, everyone was gone. Yeah. Right. And then they left. Um, oh, I'm getting off into like a tangent, but I'm going to come back to the, 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 the people the group point. thing. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that would be evidence that they left. So where they go, well, the Bible says they went to Mount Sinai. And then the, mm-hmm. the claim is like, oh, well, they were wandering around Mount Sinai, but there's nothing there. Right. There is nothing there because there's nothing there around the whole entire people group. But we know from e- Egyptian sources that this pe- the city that was inhabited by them one year was inhabited. The next year was not inhabited. And they still use the Egyptians still used that port when it was there. Yeah. So it's like the, the things in the city were still in use. But not the city wasn't inhabited. Yeah. And so we can go to the Bible and find out they went to wander. Uh, but the problem with saying that, like, oh, we don't have any pottery or any of this or any of that, is that, like, there's not that from any other people group. So it's yeah. not a strong claim to say that, like, oh, the, the Israelites are never there because you can't find it. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you got to say anyone else who lived around there wasn't there. The best you can Especially do. Especially nomadic people, right? Right. They were nomadic. They wandered around all the time. And the best you can do is there was this people group who went to the same place every year for a hundred years. They have remains there because they went there every year for a hundred years mm-hmm. where the Israelites were wandering for 40 years and being nomadic. And so like wind erosion would have just with the sand would have eroded a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. They say, how come there's no, a lot of people say, well, where are the cloths or the old clothes? And uh, what the Egypt, Egyptologist was saying, he's like, look, clothing and like fabric was super valuable back yeah. then. They didn't throw it out. Yeah, they got. They would use it for any means necessary because they didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of it. So, so they said it's very hard to even find Egyptian remains of fabric yeah. because of how valuable it is. Right. So, all these claims this woman make they don't really go too far, and we yeah. don't know what scholarship she's looking at because if you look on the other side, it's like there's there's so much evidence, like a ridiculous. She's amount looking of at like one person. Yeah, one person's work. There's a stupid amount of evidence that the Exodus actually happened, which mm-hmm. then gives validity to the old testament being history that it's just like i'm gonna like i said i tagged the video that's a long podcast and he's got many series yeah. that one that egyptologist has a whole series of yeah evidence for it's his whole life work yeah is the exodus basically basically yeah. yeah easily the most fraudulent claim in this whole uh 
TikTok is that the Exodus never happened or that there's no record of um, the Hebrew people being in Egypt. It's ridiculous. That's it's, just... it's the most provable fact of all of like the Old Testament, right? right. Is is the evidence from um, the relationship between Egypt and uh, Semitic people, right? There's the number one people that were around Egypt around the time of the Exodus was a Semitic people. You can look for the records. And in this video, this guy talks about who's an Egyptologist um, and an expert on the Exodus. He talks about how in both um, Israelite and man, I, I wish I remember the names, but I can't remember because I saw the video like three months ago. Amorite, maybe? Um, in both Hebrew names and in Egypt, in different names of people and names of places, you see a switch in um, that Egyptians would name some things um, from like a Semitic language. And you would see that and in the Bible, there are things that the Hebrews, that the Jews took from Egypt in their language and in their names, um, meaning there's a clear correlation. Even if you could, even if there's nothing about Egypt being in the Bible, like say the whole Exodus account, um, the enslavement in Egypt, um, all that kind of stuff, it's never in the Bible, right? Let's say it's never in there. You would just look at the names from after the Exodus and you would see, oh, there must be some um, Egyptian influence within this, this Semitic people group because they took names from Egypt and named their children, named places, things that yeah. were uh, like Egyptian names. Yeah. So you could tell that there was something from there. And you can see that also within Egyptian literature. It's very obvious that there was um, a large Semitic presence within Israel and they shared names, they shared cultures with each other. Yep. It's it's an indisputable fact. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting that she would make that claim. Yeah, we don't I'm actually like confused as like where she's getting this information. Yeah. Like, I think maybe her main point was that there wasn't any like pottery found, but then she said there's like no shred of an evidence. And I was like, Well there's not there's definitely shreds of evidence. There's just yeah. there's just maybe no pottery. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um for Christians who are watching this and you might maybe you've heard articles say like Oh, the chariots are at the bottom of the Red Sea, which I've heard before, too. Yeah. Um, oh, can we turn the AC off, by the way? Yeah. I don't know how it is in the background. Sorry if you listen to this whole point, this whole 18 minutes, and there's been a slight buzz in the background. Our AC's on. We're living in luxury here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so if you've heard the idea that, like, chariot wheels were found at the bottom of the Red Sea, that's actually wrong. Yeah. Um, I thought it was yeah. true. I used to argue this point. But then this Egyptologist was like, no, he's like, there's no evidence that that happened at all. And he's mm -hmm. like, look, he's like, the chariots were made by like getting wood wet and then bending it and then it would shrink on itself and they would do that. So if you put that water, that wood back in water, it's going to expand. Yeah. And also it's been 4,000 or so years. Yeah, plus years. Right. So it's like wood is not surviving that. Yeah. So I was like, I saw that. I was like, huh. Especially in a river oh. that size. Yeah. Or yeah. The, a sea the, that size. The best thing that you'd have to say is like. Oh, well, maybe the gold was left over. That, that would have been mm -hmm. washed away mm -hmm. by now. You know, it's like so. Yep. Anything that would have been there, even if something could survive um, the environment of, like, the bottom of a sea, it would be so far downstream, you would never be able to find it. Yeah, and covered by yeah. so much stuff. Yeah. Just imagine, like, floods. Like, <laughs> you're never going to find something like that. It's either going to be buried or destroyed Yeah, and after 4,000 years. Yeah, the I think the, I, I was talking to someone. They said, yeah, they think that the oldest, like, remains they have of wood remains underwater it was like viking ships and that was like mm. was that like middle ages or so i can't i don't know i have no idea i'm not I have no idea. familiar where's chance he's super good at history i studied the bible not vikings <laughs> i worship yahweh not thor thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> all right so we should go on to the next one yes the next video let me pull her up this is a very interesting one um this is a very <laughs> sorry it's gonna get loud this is a very famous atheist 
And this is a little, little interview with him. Kind of a, a cheeky uh, video. If it'll ever play. Please. <laughs> Suppose it's all true. Mm. And you walk up to the pearly gates and you are confronted by God. What will Stephen Fry say to him, her, or it? I will basically... What's known as the Odyssey, I think. I, I'll say, bone cancer in children? What's that about? How dare you? How dare you create a world in which there is such misery that is not our fault? It's not right. It's utterly, utterly evil. Why should I respect a capricious, mean-minded, stupid God who creates a world which is so full of injustice and pain? That's what I'd say. And you think you're going to get in no, on that? but I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to get in on his terms. They're wrong. So I think the first thing that's interesting to note that he says um, is that it's not our fault. Right? Yep. yep. And that's the yep. first premise of what sin happened. You know, when sin entered the world, because of what Adam and Eve did, it was our fault. And that's what, like, that's when everything went wrong, right? And of course, you could argue, like, what things went wrong biologically, what things went wrong from a nature standpoint within creation, right? Because you have mm-hmm. to, you have to infer a lot of things, right? You would probably have to infer that cancer and that, that like, um, decay of cells didn't happen before the fall, right? I would say so. And you would have to, you just have to infer that that was a product of the fall because the Bible doesn't say that cancer is now a product of the fall, but you can see that like sickness and all that kind of stuff is a product of the fall. So you could infer that cancer being a sickness, being a disease is also one of those things, right? That is a product. Right. And so one, that claim would be incorrect. And maybe that, that's just not what he holds to. He says that he doesn't think that sin would be, would cause cancer or cause like a cancer to exist right maybe he doesn't like claim that but it's just an interesting first thing that i notice when i when i watch that yeah video. yeah and like this is a normal thing i see that happens in a lot of these videos is they try to blame god for the problems in humanity as if god created this world intentionally to be messed up mm-hmm. um but that's just like it really just tells me how un how, how not knowledgeable in christianity they are or the message of the bible because god, maybe they just disagree what's or maybe they just disagree strongly with the points made sure but because he is very knowledgeable within in the bible yeah, yeah yeah he's like one of the most famous atheists he studies the bible a well, lot. okay then he, he but, just doesn't like the points well the point of the bible is that god created the world perfect and humanity messed it up mm-hmm. so i would say if he's knowledgeable in christianity then his point of like saying it's not our fault is, is invalid because it mm. is our fault. I would say, Hey, you don't get to say that if you are actually knowledgeable. Um, mm. cause like, yeah, he's like, it's not our fault. But I'm like, Hey, if you've ever like the, the reality of sin is that it's so terrible. It's so evil. It's so disgusting that God can't be around it. So if you even told one lie, you're not deserving of God's presence. So for him to say like bone cancer and this, this, the yada, 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 um, is just, and, he, and then he's mad about it is like, acting as if he's this so great of a person and God's terrible because you should understand humanity. We're like this. It's like, well, no, no, no. God created humanity to act in a certain order and we don't act in that order. So God brings justice, not saying that God brings sickness. I'm not saying God brings cancer. I think that's a product of the fall, mm-hmm. but I am saying that God punishes evil and God punishes evil by virtue of judging sin, which yeah. he judged all of sin on Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that's why they got, and this is the whole thing we keep talking about every week is the gospel of the good news. That, and the message of the good news is that these people are missing the point of what it means to be a Christian. Um, and then he said, like, why should I worship a God who's stupid and capricious and this and this? I would say you shouldn't. 
Mm-hmm. I just don't think God is that way. Yeah, the version of God you're painting, I wouldn't worship either. Yeah, I'm like, you're right. If that's if that's how God is, I'm not going to worship him. This is not how God is. You know, why? I could say, like, why should God forgive a, a species who rejects him, murders each other, kills their own babies, you know, and takes it? Like, why should God accept this disgusting villain who just is only living for themselves and always hurting everyone around them? Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, oh, that God shouldn't. You're like, okay, then that's you. That's me. Yeah. You know? That's us. That's humanity. Yeah. And so you, you can just flip it and, and say the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like God shouldn't want us, but he does for whatever reason because he's loving and he forgives us. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present something that he presented at the very beginning that he didn't actually do, but I thought was really interesting. He said the word at the beginning when he started theodicy, um, and then he didn't present a theodicy. Um, for those of you who don't know what a theodicy is, in philosophy, a theodicy is um, like – usually a story but can be like an explanation of why god is good but allows evil right so it's an explanation of why like the divine source um is good but also evil exists with that god being good that's what a theodicy is um and so a good example of a theodicy would be if you just flip his claim right so he says how could a god um that is good allow so much evil in the world that's like the claim of his video right flip that and say, how could a God that is evil allow so much good in the world, right? We have a whole bunch of human beings that live on this world that, of course, there's lots of people who are depressed, right? Um, There's lots of people that decide to kill themselves, but there's more people who don't decide to kill themselves that decide that this world is good enough to continue living in, right? That they don't want to take their own lives. So you can say for most of humanity that there is more good to being alive than there is bad, right? And so why would a God that is evil that created this world create it with so much good in it that most of its residents would still want to live? And there's a third option. So there's the option he presented. There's the Odyssey I present. And then there's the third option of there is no God, so why should you care that like there's bone cancer and babies and like all this other stuff he presents, right? So there are those three options. So you can either choose to, to decide that there is no God, so you shouldn't care about all this evil anyway, um, or that... Um, God is evil, but why would he allow so much good if he is evil? And then the third option is the one that we believe, which is Christianity, and that there is a good God, but we sinned, and that allowed evil into the world, right? Seems like the most plausible explanation, in my opinion. Um, but that would be the theodicy that I'd present to him when he like presents that argument of why would a good God allow so much evil? The best part about that is that you can sound cool because you can say theodicy a whole bunch of times, and people are like, whoa, <laughs> big words, I don't right? know. <laughs> and then they won't challenge you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, according to my theodicy... Yeah, I was Wrong. talking to someone yesterday about how we were prepping for the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this one person on TikTok is challenging the validity of the historicity of Exodus. <laughs> the historicity. And then I was like, I sound way smarter than I actually am. Historicity is probably my favorite word to say. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's so freaking fun. Because people are like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> but I know you said the historicity. So I'm going to imagine it's about history and the validity of history. I think I know what you mean. But I'm, I'm not going to ask you because I'm going to sound dumb then. But you're really smart. <laughs> yeah. Or like when people are like debating small doctrine topics. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, look, we can have all these topics, but we got we to gotta make sure we major in the salvific topic. <laughs> and Laura, my girlfriend, really likes that word salvific because when we were, before we were dating, she listened to the show and she like hmm. said she learned that word. So we always talk about Wait, really? Yeah, like salvific. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like, huh. Yeah. It's, it's like, a salvific topic. I can argue with Calvinists all day, but it, as far as I'm concerned, it's not salvific. <laughs> I love how just like the antagonist of all your arguments is just a Calvinist. <laughs> <laughs> just every time you make an example, it's just a Calvinist. Well, it's just because it's like you can have so many in-house discussions with Calvinists, but like we can talk about like 
are is are miracles real? Does free will exist? But it almost doesn't. It doesn't have a like what I believe about free will. What they believe about free will doesn't. It's not imperative for our salvation. So that's usually, why usually, would, yeah, usually for my my stance. It's yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. For for normal uh for normal stances on um salvation. No, on uh, God's providence and all that kind of stuff. Usually doesn't. Yeah. I like the word providence too. That's a word I didn't grow up hearing a lot when mm-hmm. I was in church. I never heard about like God's providence. Mm-hmm. And so I started list, looking into it a little bit ago, like a couple years ago. And I was like, that was a good word. <laughs> I had to go, I had to go word. I'm like, that comforts me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a soft word. But it has Sounds like a, nice. yeah, it, feel, it feels like a big a, meaning. It feels like a big, strong dude who could like beat you up hugging you. You know, providence is a girl's name, right? Providence is a girl's name? Yeah, it's a girl's name. Sounds like. I'm not going to finish that. Girl's like, never okay. mind. <laughs> next video? Yeah. Okay, next video. Here we go. Each day, 25,000 people, including 10,000 children, die from hunger. From hunger. Nearly 800,000 people die by suicide every year. That is about one person every 40 seconds. Trans women have a life expectancy of 35 years. 35 years today. On average, there are 430,000 people who will be victims of rape in one year in the US alone. And I haven't talked about systemic racism and horrors against women in the world and how we abuse LGBTQ people. What does it mean that God is in control? Because it sounds to me like God is in control only for those who are privileged in society. Right? Great video. Our next, this video and the one after that we're going to cover today are both by this lady. And she makes some really good points. Um, I really like what she has to say. And like the way she speaks is very eloquent. And I really like it. I think she does a really good job um, in the next two videos. But you have something you want to say? Like she does a good job like presenting her argument? Yeah. And she just like explains it in a very like heartfelt way that is both accusatory but not super condescending to, to me oh it sounds super condescending to me i mean she just sounds like she got a bunch of attitude and oh all i thought for, it was accusatory but not sarcastic and, and like condescending oh it sounds accusatory but like very like i'm mad at you and i don't yeah. like you yeah like, yeah um so she listed a bunch of ways people die which is true they do die this way yeah. um hunger suicide um life expectancy of trans women uh, the, the amount of people raped in the United and like all the, I'm like I'm gonna get a little I was gonna get a little bit political I was gonna say like she writes all this but she ignores the fact that we also add, adding to her adding to her case kill as um, just in America about 3,000 babies a, a day through abortion um, so to, just just adding to her case that like humanity's messed up mm. um, and then her biggest claim because in the beginning of the video for you guys on audio is said God is in control. And that's her problem is that statement that God's in control. Like, how can God be in control yeah. if all this bad stuff's happening? It seems like God's only, excuse me. And it's a white couple who's like got a nice suburban home who made the video that she's like stitching. And it mm-hmm. says, um, God's in control. And she's like, it only seems like God's in control for the privileged. And by privilege, mm-hmm. she means white probably. Yeah. Um, at least white in America. Or just the people that are within like the Western um, idea of Christianity, right? Right, but she didn't even. She started talking about like miscellaneous injustices, like systemic mm. racism, and this and this. Usually, all these things against white people. I'd say um, it's kind of an inference, but yeah, okay. I'm inferring for okay. sure. Um, but yeah, I would say that this is not about like God is in control. Is not a statement to 
to bring comfort to the privileged. It's God, the idea of God being control. And we don't, when I, when we say, at least when I say God in control, I don't mean meticulously up there choosing what's going to happen. Like, yeah. okay, this person's not going to go to heaven. This person's going to get robbed. This person's car is going to break down. This person's going to get a promotion. I'm not saying that. I'm saying yeah. God is like create has created the universe and the world and sustains it and is working to bring about his ultimate will. Mm-hmm. Now we, this, I think the video probably deals a lot more with the problem of evil, which we can get into. And we talked a little bit about how God is good, but still allows evil because of our sin. And he's working to accomplish his, his ultimate goal of um, salvation for humanity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So she kind of has problems with the problem of evil, which is a good topic to talk about. Yeah. But, we just talked about it a little bit. Yeah, we did. Like, but like we said, like all these issues, systemic racism, suicide, rape, uh, death by hunger, all of this mm. is a result of sin. And us as Christians saying God is in control in light of all the sin running rampant is a comfort to the Christian to say, yes, we know it's bad. Mm. We're not saying this is God like is super happy about it. We're not saying like God approves of this or that like God's. Uh, unaware of this what we're saying is god sees this and is working to Mm -hmm. to reconcile the world to him he's working to save people he's working to bring justice Mm -hmm. those people who have raped others those people who are racist those people who who discriminate to the point of person bull or committing Mm -hmm. suicide there's justice that god has uh, storing up for them and mm-hmm. but he also has a repentance they wants or forgiveness he wants to give them through repentance, mm-hmm. right? So nothing gets by God's standard of like executing justice, but also like his God being in control is a comfort in the way that it's like, oh God, you see this and you're not going to let evil win. You're not going to let evil escape on by with no punishment. Like you are going to bring justice and I can take comfort knowing that you are the one who's going to bring justice and I am just going to like work on forgiving and loving and caring. Hmm. Ultimately, we want people to repent. But if they don't, they they're, are going to meet justice. Yeah. And you take away God, where's your hope? You know, because you're just left with all the same statistics and facts that you quoted, all the death and destruction in this world, and no hope, right? What is your hope in? Humanity getting better? Well, we've seen that that doesn't, there's not a, like an upward trajectory of that within history, right? We only see a sideways trajectory of that, of humanity is bad and will continue to be bad right? That's all we see. We see maybe living conditions like increase, but we see humanity's evil continue, you know, with more power comes the continued, um, oh, and especially without like responsibilities, you see the continue of evil, like mm-hmm. within humanity, you see like it blatantly that humans are evil people. And so if you take away God, you're just left with these raw facts that what, like they're just going to depress you because all these terrible things are happening, right? Unless you're blaming all of them on people that believe that God exists and that you think maybe if everybody believed God didn't exist, then all of these people would be like, great. That doesn't seem like the case she's making. And even if it was more people have died from, uh, not from atheism, but under communist rule, which was ruled by atheism. Right. Um, then, yep. um, religious wars, all of them put together. Right. So yep. I think it's kind of a bad argument to make. Um, but obviously the point of her video is about God being in control. Right. And I think what she's fighting is sort of a good thing to fight. Like Ethan said, um, I think a good way to think about this is more that God is king and lord over everything. Like, in a good way of understanding, of course, God is in control. But when we say that, a lot of people may think, and a lot of people do believe, God is in absolute control of my life, right? And I just got to follow God's will. He'll be in control. I'll go to the right school. I'll make the right choices. Like, 
I'll go down this right path that I'm supposed to go down and it'll always go right because God's always in control of my life, right? And then the problem that is confronting that is the problem she presents of there's tons of people in this world that don't have a nice, happy life where it doesn't seem like life went well for them, right? Whether they got hit by a car or whether they're sold into sex slavery, right? Their life didn't go like right. And it seems like if God is in absolute like white knuckled hand control of their life, that he's not doing a good job, right? And so that's the, the problem that she presents that confronts the idea that God is in control of our every action and our every move. Um, and she's saying, well, if that's true and that God is in control and has the best out for you, um, and if that's only for Christians, then that just continues to give you the power and the authority. And then everybody else is just screwed if they don't like believe in God is the thing she's saying. And so I think a good mindset to have is that God is king, right? And it's the idea that no matter if you're a Christian or not a Christian, God loves you and has like up and is working constantly to restore you back to himself. But the idea that life is going to go better for me because I'm a Christian is not a biblical idea, right? Also, the idea that she brought up of that, uh, like to be a Christian and to be under God's control is to give you more power is also not a biblical idea, right? Over and over and over in the Bible, it talks about we lay our crowns down at the feet of Jesus. We surrender over our control to God, right? God is in absolute control. Throughout the Old Testament, it's the Hebrews um, giving up their control of what they have, the Jews giving up their control back to God over and over and over. When they take control for themselves, they mess up and become evil. When they give it back to God, they follow his ways um, and they submit themselves to him, right? And so... She's making great points, right? Christians, when we abuse power, we're bad, mm-hmm. right? And when we don't abuse power and we follow what God says, we're good. If she's going to make the argument that, you know, it's like a bad thing to be a Christian and that like, um, or well, I'm not going to go there. There's too much on this topic already. Um, <laughs> but does that make sense? Like yeah. it just, she makes, she's making really good points. I think it's, it's the mindset switch of you, like there's lots of bad things that happen to everybody in this life because of free will, right? Yes. Christians and non-Christians, not everybody's life is perfect. And just because you believe in God doesn't mean your life is going to go great. You could die tomorrow of cancer. Who knows? Right. right. The point is, is that God is sovereign and his will will 100% be done in the end. But his will does not look like you living a perfect life. And his will also doesn't look, look like people having a terrible life either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to like diffuse this idea that like, Oh, God's in control, so like my life's gonna be perfect because that might be the underlying yeah. theme of what she's combating. Just if you're a Christian, right? If you, if like some Christians think, yeah, like oh, because I'm a Christian, I'm entitled to all these blessings and God's right. gonna help me. Right. That's probably what she's getting at, and yeah. she's like, it saying, seems like it. And I'm like, hey, like I I side with her on that. That that's not true. And in fact, if you're a Christian, you believe that your life's gonna go perfect and swell because you're a Christian. That's just not right, and you probably mm. need to get in the Bible because Jesus promises and mm. pr- like promises that if you're in a Christian in this world, you will be persecuted. You will mm-hmm. suffer. You know, it says like we get to join, we get to join in his, like, um, it talks about like, Oh, where is it? Oh, Jesus. When he's talking about like, none has left father or mother for my name's sake that won't receive that many, um, fathers, mothers, brothers, yeah. sisters, friends, yeah. family. Um, he talks about like basically like, uh, good, like prosperity, but not that word, but like good right. things in life. And it says, in the uh, who won't receive that much more back in life and then it says with sufferings yeah you know like as a christian if you leave your family to become a christian what you're gaining as is the body of christ as your mm-hmm. now family right as me and Darius as your brothers and everyone you know as a christian is your uh-huh. family right 
Here's it. I said, ha ha. Yeah. And so like you're gaining the body of Christ as your family, but you're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And Peter all the time in his writings talks about suffering. And Mark is a gospel written from the perspective of Peter. And suffering is one of the constant themes through that book. And so there's always this theme of suffering that's getting brought up for the people of God. So if you're a Christian and your life's going great, either you're not doing, you're either you're like not really doing the work of a Christian enough because there's no backlash. Yeah. Yeah. You're comfortable and stagnant or you're just really blessed right now. And in America, we have it super easy. You know, we got super easy. Yeah, absolutely. All righty, next video. Yeah. We're going to get to four this week. Come on. Last week we got to three. This might be a little bit longer episode. We're already at like 40 minutes. So um, this is by the same lady. Um, if I didn't mention her name before, it's uh, Joe Lumen or something like that. I don't know exactly how to pronounce her last name, but it seems like that. Here we go. It is so incredibly convenient that those in identity groups that have not been marginalized and oppressed by Christianity are absolutely certain that God thinks homosexuality is a sin. They are sure that women have to be submissive to men. They know for a fact that indigenous spirituality is demonic. They are completely certain that anybody that is not a Christian doesn't have access to divinity. It is just so convenient that you have a God that has created created a hierarchical society where you are at the top and you get to be the arbiter and gatekeeper of divinity. And it is just perfect that you also don't want to consider that perhaps this divinity is just a projection of yourself, a way to maintain power and maintain privilege so that you can continue to be well in this system, even if it costs everybody else's well-being, even if you're harming everybody else around you. Yes. Also a lot to unpack there. Yeah. It seems like the main points of it, though, are power, right? And a system that um, she thinks we created giving us more power, right? Right. And then how that power harms other people. Right. Right. That seems to be the theme of her message. Yeah. And again, like, I I think she's only thinking about, like, Western culture or maybe America's. I don't know how – I don't know the culture of Europe and the religious – ideologies in in europe i'm pretty sure they're more atheistic nowadays than america is mm-hmm. um so i'm assuming as an american sure, new ag as well yes yeah, probably yeah um but i'm just assuming that she's talking about like american christianity creating this power structure that then the patriarchy being like white males because white males were like the founding fathers of the mm-hmm. nation so they want to keep the patriarchy so they create a rig- religion to keep themselves safe while marginalizing everyone else and saying everyone else is evil and Mm -hmm. sinful and going to hell and all this stuff um i just want to say you know christianity is not a white man's religion oh yeah not even close religion christianity was started in jerusalem in like the turn of the century with jesus christ right and it's Mm -hmm. a middle eastern religion it just so happens that a lot of the western world has been christianized yeah you know and we are a lot of the majority of christians now exist in the west but there's like the church is exploding a majority of professing Christians, probably. Okay, yeah, probably. Yeah. But, um, well, the West, I mean, like, Europe and America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and Australia. Mm. Um, but, like, all over the Middle East, there's millions of Christians. Mm-hmm. She said that, like, they China had China as well. Yeah, in China, there's millions of, all these underground churches exploding. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a political system that they get to be protected by. By by um by the power structure, but not the power by the by the teachings of the Bible, mm-hmm. right? They're not protected by it. Yeah. So this is only a very this is very like um, America history niche 
thing. Yeah. She's sort of creating this power scheme within Christianity and saying because Christianity claims exclusivity, it's evil, right? And so all you have to do is decouple this power scheme from the belief in Christianity, right? Which I don't really know where she gets that from. Um, I, I think if you had a conversation with her, she could explain it really well to you, but I'm just not sure, so I have to kind of infer my own, like, kind of thoughts about it of what she might be getting at to, to try to explain it. Um, but if you just decouple that, like say you, you examine Christianity in Asia, right? There's no, or uh, in China specifically, or the Middle East, there's no power scheme within um, the dynamic of the church within uh, within like a, a Middle Eastern church, right? It's underground. They're the oppressed ones there, yeah. right? And so you could say societally, we could create power structures that are abusive, which we do in the West, right? Around the church. But you can't claim that Christianity, Which is not good. Yeah. You can't claim that Christianity as a whole is something that allows some the power and some to be oppressed. That's just the state of power in general. In in any system you create, there's going to be people who abuse power, and there's going to be some people who get abused by power in any system you make, right? That's why the clear message of Scripture is over and over, give God the control, give him the power, don't let yourself have the power, right? That's why God wanted to be the leader of Israel, but Israel wanted to have a king over and over, right? Yeah. God always says, let me have the power. I'm not going to abuse this power. You're going to abuse this power, right? Yep. Over and over and over. And so once you decouple that like power structure with Christianity and the belief of Christianity, the second point she makes is about... Um, Christianity being exclusive, right? Which every religion claims to be exclusive, right? If you go to Hinduism, if you go to Buddhism, um, all of if them... If you go to Calvinism. Yeah, claim to be... Ex- <laughs> <laughs> claim to be exclusive. Um, Got him off his train. <laughs> you, can, you, can make, uh, you can make arguments for uh, possibly Hinduism, and you could say that Jesus maybe was just... Um, or Christianity could just be um, another god they add into their like realm of gods, right? But they're still going to claim that their philosophy of who God is and how he exists is the correct way to believe, right? That's why in almost every single religion, you've seen religious wars, right? Because they care deeply about what their religion says. And you know, there's so much politics behind that statement too that I probably shouldn't have even made it. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but people obviously care deeply about their religion, right? And for bad reasons, go to war, just to clarify, right? Right. Um, but people believe in exclusivity of religion, right? You have to. If I believe that the best band in the world is like said band, Reliant K or Coldplay, right? I think Coldplay. So I had to I pick like a, a generic band. So I think Coldplay is just the best band ever, right? Black Eyed Peas. And I feel strongly about it. I'm basing I'm basing my opinion on that. In my musical opinion, Coldplay is the best band, right? And Ethan's opinion that Nirvana is the best band ever. And we're our opinions are clashing and they're both claiming exclusivity, right? Of course, there's higher stakes when you're talking about the salvation of the world and like the restoration of your soul to God. Like there's obviously higher stakes there, but it's the same thing, right? You have to claim exclusivity to have an opinion on something. And so if I believe that Christianity is um, the one true religion, then I have to claim exclusivity to it and believe that if Christianity is the one way to God, then Hinduism is not the way to God, right? That, like, these small tribes that believe in spirituality are probably not the way to God, although God could have revealed himself to them, and that's how they got that, possibly. Right, right. I like all that you said. Um, And just going, like, a little bit through what she talked about, she's like, it's so convenient that they say homosexuality is a sin. Well, it is. Mm. Uh, If you act on it, you know? Like, if you have a homosexual desire, 
that's not sin. But acting on it is sin. Just like me getting mm. drunk is sin. You know, there's just there's things in the Bible that the Bible says is sin. Mm. And we can talk about like why things are sin and why other things aren't sin. That'd be a fun conversation about like God's heart behind calling things sin, mm. right? Um, women have to submit to husbands. She's upset about that thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Women have to submit to husbands, but also husbands have to love their wives like Christ loved the church and Christ died for the church. Mm-hmm. You know, like husbands have a huge, the Bible says in the New Testament that if husbands don't honor their wives, that God doesn't hear their prayers. Yeah. Like there's such a, such a standard of men as husbands to come up to that it's this, it's like, it's not like we're as men just getting like, oh, cool, we got a slave for the rest of our life that'll mm-hmm. do our every bidding because women had to submit. It's like God's like, no, if you don't honor her, then I'm not gonna listen to you. Yeah, you know, it's a big deal. So there's like a whole topic there. Um, and gatekeepers of divinity, um, where yeah, it talks about like, oh, you're gatekeepers of of divinity of, of of like access to God. I would say like, as a Christian, we introduce people to Jesus. Who Jesus is the mm-hmm. gate. He calls them himself that. He says, yeah. I am the gate. Right. Um, and so he is the way to salvation. And yeah. like he said, like Derry said, every religion it claims exclusivity. Right. Islam does it. Hinduism does it. Buddhism does it. Judaism does it. Christianity does it. Yeah. And so when we as Christians say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, none come to the Father but through him, we're going to stand by that. And if you yeah. want to call us gatekeepers and arbiters of divinity, yeah. sure, I guess that's what you want to call it. But yeah. that doesn't change the fact that that's true. And if you want to like flip her argument on its head, you could say, okay, well, if we're not um, like the the gatekeepers of divinity, then that's what you're claiming, right? And then I can make the same argument to you, and then we're both in the same um, like logical harder place, right? Where we're trying to defend this this ground. Like it can't be both of us, you know what I mean? If we have differing opinions, and one of our ways leads to God, and the other one doesn't, then one of us is the true gatekeeper to divinity. Not that like we're the gatekeepers, but like we believe in the true we know gatekeeper, the gatekeeper, and we can right? introduce you. You know what I mean? So like it's either us or you. Or somebody else, maybe, right? They believe something different. But us, like, claiming exclusivity isn't a bad thing, which is what you're saying. Which yeah. it's not. And everyone does this. If you, like, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it's what she's doing. It's what yeah. we're doing. Every political party does this. Every political ideology is like, this is the right way to run a gover- or run a country. And this mm-hmm. is like, no, this is the right way to run a government. And you don't see the two saying, every way to run a country is yeah. the best it's way. It's a great way. Like, yeah. no one, you would never get an extreme leftist and extreme rightist to come together and say, <laughs> like, Every way, all governments. Your way lead. is a good way, and my yeah. way is a good way. We should all, both just do our ways together. Yeah. All governments lead to people's freedom. <laughs> you're never gonna do that. You're never yeah. gonna say that. So I don't know why. Because there's we... obvious right and wrong answers, and people have opinions about how things should be run, and some of them are right, some of them are wrong. You know what I mean? And people disagree, and that's good. But there is objectively one best way to do things. Yeah. Yep. The democratic way. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> That's a TikTok we did watch about how, like, if you're a Christian, you have to be a Republican. You don't have to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have dairy. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what a good time. Libertarian. I think that's, that's good. Yeah, I think that's all I got to say. Liber- libertarians are we're, good. We're at, like, 51 minutes, so we should probably stop anyway. Yeah. But we can talk about this for probably quite a while. There's a few more things I want to say. But... We could have talked about the whole first video for hours. Yeah, but we'll stop here so people actually watch the episode. So... <laughs> We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Check us out on all the social media platforms. Interact us with us on TikTok. If you want to support, you can support on Patreon or on our or our podcast money, uh, page. Money, also, money. I think Spotify and Apple. There's links to donate to if you want to. There's links to donate on our Instagram and stuff like that. So do what you want. The Lord is good. Hopefully, you learn some stuff. Share the podcast with your mom and whoever else you want to share it with. People struggling with hard questions. If you have any hard questions yourself and you want to submit them, do it. If your friends have any hard questions, please. 
have them submit them. We'd also love to DM them and talk to them personally. We'd love to do that as well. So we're trying to help anybody we can. Love y'all. See ya next week.